I know some of you in the back might not be able to see this, but I'm holding in my hand the last surviving member of the frog family that uh, is one of many that lived at my house growing up, and my mom collected frogs. This one happens to be wooden with his lovely little preschooler googly eye glued on things. As you can tell, very high dollar uh, piece that I'm holding here in my hand. But what's funny, mom had all kinds of frogs, uh, glass frogs, porcelain frogs. Those poor frogs didn't make it in the household with uh, three other siblings. Most of the time what would happen is As me and my two other brothers may get into a few things and get a little bit more rambunctious, one poor member of the frog family seemed to always pass away uh, as we got a little too out of hand and as my princess little sister was on the phone calling mom freaking out. You know how that is with princess little sisters or big sisters actually because I'm the youngest. So why do I have this? Um, Well, a while back in 2006, my, my mom passed away and as you're going through things and and going through stuff, I mean, this thing's it's beat up, it's scarred, it was, uh, you know, thrown around quite a bit uh, along with the other frog things. But to me, it's got value, not because of what it is, and not because of what it can do, but because of whose it was, and whose it is. And you say, well, why is that so important? Well, when we think about brokenness, as the video said, we're, we're all broken. But broken things can still have a lot of value and still be worth holding on to because it's not always about what they can do or, or what they are or how good they are. It's about whose they are more than anything else. And the truth about brokenness is it's something that we all deal with. None of us like to talk about it. And I'm just going to go ahead and say, especially men, we don't like to think that we're broken at anything because we can do everything and we're okay and I don't want to talk about that. But there's a just... There is just a simple biblical truth that underlines the way that underlies the way that we need to interact with this entire world. As that is that God created this world and he created it in perfection. And then he allowed mankind to be brought into the world and said to mankind, hey, you can, you can live in this world and you can go and subdue the world and you can, you can enjoy this creation that I've made, but just don't do this one thing, right? Don't eat from this tree. And then as soon as we did, then sin entered the world. And when sin entered the world, it broke everything. And so to, to live in such a way that we think that, well, I'm not broken, is to ignore the fact that sin has broken everything. But we need to find a right perspective on how to deal with our brokenness because we can't walk around all the time going, oh, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, when the truth is we all have brokenness that we need to deal with. And we also shouldn't walk around all the time and go, I'm just worthless, I'm just broken. I'm not, because that's not the way that God wants us to live either. But we find our value in whose we are, not what we can do and how we can fix ourselves. You see, brokenness, though, affects all of us, and the, faith, the place that it affects us the most is really in the heart, because the more that we interact in this world and that we deal with the brokenness of this world, and we've all dealt with it in some way, the more that we deal with that and the longer it goes on, you think it might get easier, you think it might get, you know, a little bit uh, 
less tricky to navigate some of these things. But the truth is sometimes it gets even more difficult because brokenness continues to change us. And sometimes it has a tendency for us to want to guard our heart or to do different things with our heart or keep our hearts away from everybody. And so the question that we need to wrestle with is, who can I trust with my heart? Who can I trust with my heart? How is it that I can navigate this world and I can understand that I'm broken and that this world's broken and I I continue maybe to try to live in this world, but man, when I do, sometimes I experience some difficulty and some pain in this world. And every time I experience difficulty and pain, I have a tendency to go, I don't want to go there anymore. And so we we tend to cut relationships short or we hold people at a distance or we don't share uh, maybe about what's going on in our life or we think sometimes we're the only one that deals with things in this way. And the truth is we're all broken. And we all have to figure out how we're in satisfaction. And so I want this broken world and finding hope and joy and peace and satisfaction. And so I want to give you a picture of this today. And here's why. Because just this week, I, I, I had the opportunity this week to homecoming football games, to seeing people at the grocery store, to playing golf some this week, and to work this week. And it seems like everywhere you go, you encounter people, and they're going through all kinds of different things in life. And some people may be having the best week ever, and some people may be looking at this season of life going, I don't know how I'm going to survive this season. You step back sometimes and you go, man, how anymore? I don't want to deal with this anymore. And then some people are like celebrating and you step back sometimes and you go, man, how do you interact in a world where that's just the truth? Anytime that there's more than two of us gathered in a room, we're dealing with something totally different. And there's hundreds of us gathered here today and we're going, okay, how do I navigate this world and what do I do with my heart? Psalm chapter 34 gives us a picture of how we navigate this world and how God meets us in this place today. Psalm 34, starting in verse 15, it says, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. Now that's a key word there. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous cry for help. The face of the Lord is set against those who do evil to remove all memory of them from the earth. The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears and rescues them from all their troubles. The Lord is near the brokenhearted. He saves those crushed in spirit. One who is righteous has many adversities. And we're just going to stop and have a mini sermon here inside of this sermon. You need to underline that. Because there's a lot of people who have this false idea that, well, if I live my life for Christ, if I give my life to him, and if I do everything like I'm supposed to, like the Bible is, then I'm never going to have any trouble in life. But the psalmist says it really clear right here. One who is righteous, one who has been made right with God because they've given their life to Christ, they've accepted the fact that Jesus came to restore them and to make things right with God, and then now they pursue the life that God has for them. One who is righteous has many adversities. We still face difficulty in this life. We still have pain. We still have sorrow. We still have struggles. We still have all these difficulties that are still part of this world because the world is broken. So the one who is righteous has many adversities, but the Lord rescues him from them all. See, God doesn't remove the adversities. He just walks through them with us. He protects all his bones. Not one of them is broken. Evil brings death to the wicked, and those who hate the righteous will be punished. 
be punished. You see, here's the truth. All of us are on this journey of life, and we're trying to figure out life and make it the best that we know how to make it and the best that it can be. And we try many, many things to try to make our brokenness livable and tolerable in this world. But no matter how much that we try to deal with our brokenness on our own, there's a truth that we continue to run into, and this is it, is that I cannot live a full life with an empty heart. I can't live a full life with an empty heart. Is that no matter what I try to do, I try to try to fill up my heart with things to satisfy my brokenness and my longing. And no matter what I do and no matter what I try to fill up that thing, it never seems to satisfy. And there's a truth that continues to bring itself to the surface is that I can't experience joy, I can't have a full life, I can't be happy or satisfied, and it gets to that place where we're constant, constantly empty. Well, why is it that our heart gets to that place where we're constantly empty? Well, the prophet Jeremiah writes these words, and I think it gives us a great picture to think about this morning. It says this, For my people have committed a double evil. Two things that we do that empties our heart. First, they have abandoned me, the fountain of living water. And then the second thing, and they've dug cisterns for themselves, cracked cisterns that cannot hold water. And so what the prophet Jeremiah is saying is the first thing that happens is that we try to deal with our brokenness and we kind of ignore what God is doing and so we turn away from him and that's our first mistake. And the second mistake that we make is then we try to satisfy the brokenness of our lives and our hearts on our own and we just try to do better and be better or to have more or to deal with things. And that's why it seems like no matter how much we have and no matter what we do, it seems to always come up empty. And I think this is a great visual to think about, about what is the life that Jesus is talking about and what does it look like for us. So I want, you to, I want you to focus with me on this for just a minute. I want you to, if you will, I want you to picture, he's talking about cisterns, but let's update this a little bit. Let's say you have one Sonic 44, Route 44 cup over here and one Sonic Route 44 cup over here, right? And one of them has a hole in it and one of them doesn't, Right? It doesn't matter how much you keep putting into the one that has a hole in it, what's going to happen? It's eventually constantly try to fill that thing up and keep it full of things. And then as soon as you use some of it or drink some of it, what happens? It goes down, right? It just, it's constantly becoming empty. No matter how hard you work, no matter what you do, everything that you put into it, whether you take it out or whether it leaks out on its own, it eventually becomes empty. But let's say the one that you have on this side is the one that God gave you, and it's the one that's not broken. It's the one that's perfect. And the one who's filling it up is God himself because he says he's the source of living water, which means it's alive, which means it's constantly replenishing itself. And so here's the picture on this one. No matter what you do to try to pour it out, it's never empty. No matter what you do, when you take some of it out, it's never empty. It's constantly replenishing itself because its source is the Lord. Own life and how we're going to interact. Think about this in our brokenness. When we deal with ourselves in our own life and how we're going to interact in this world, we try to constantly fill ourselves up with things 
that we think are going to satisfy. And they may last for a little while, but eventually they leak and they crack and they go away. And then we have one of two choices. We either fill it up with something else, and it's this constant struggle that happens to be on our own power and in our own way that we continue to try to pour ourselves into this life, and we end up running in the same place going, why doesn't this work? But yet God offers a different option. And that is to do things his way, and then he'll be the source of life. And it's this amazing thing that happens is that no matter how much you give away, no matter how much you take from it, no matter how much you pour yourself out, it's always full because he is the source. Now, which sounds like the type of life that we would rather have for ourselves? You see, at some point, we all have to come to grips with this fact I am broken, and I live in a broken world. All of us have to come to grips with this fact that I am broken, and I live in a broken world. (laughs) I know you're thinking, God, Pastor, I came to church to get encouraged today, not to be reminded how bad things are. Well, I promise you that there's some hope in this, and I want to tell you why. Because if you choose to live your life in such a way that you ignore the brokenness of yourself and the brokenness of this world, you are trying to live this life in such a way that you have this this container that has nothing but crap. It, It tends to not satisfy as much. You know what else happens on things that are broken like that? It's harder and harder to keep putting them back together. You know how I know this? Because there's only one surviving member of the frog family. Because it seems to happen that every time that things got out of control in the house, that we would lose a glass frog or a porcelain frog. And there's something else I learned about broken things like that, that no matter how good you get at gluing it together, it may look good from a distance, but the closer you get to it, you start going, oh my goodness, how many times have you put this frog's head back on? And what kind of glue? And then it starts chipping little things away, and it just, it just doesn't hold together, and it doesn't work. And eventually, you just can't do anything with it. And if you're trying to put things into it, what happens is, you know, what, what was a slow leak begins to become a more steady leak, and then it just begins to not hold anything at all, and it just doesn't work at all. And that's the picture of this, this brokenness. And that's the, the, if you will, the rat race we kind of run at times trying to satisfy ourselves. And that's why God offers himself as the source of living water. And the great thing about accepting Christ as Savior and doing things his way as the source of living water is, like I said, because no matter how much you receive from God and no matter how much you pour of yourself out to others, there's always something in there that's full because the source is God himself. And so that's where we have the message of hope. When we come to grips with the fact that I am broken and I live in a broken world, then it leads you to the question of saying, okay, what am I going to do about it? How am I going to interact? How am I going to to deal with this world? Because we're all broken in some sort of way. Romans chapter 3 tells us this, that the righteousness of God, the righteousness of God is through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe, since there's no distinction. It doesn't matter how you're broken, You're broken. There's no distinction in the breaks. Verse 23 says, For we've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. They are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So 
if you compare what we read earlier to what we're reading now, verse 15 of chapter 34 of Psalm says, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. Romans chapter 3 says the righteousness of God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. Verse 15, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. Verse 22, the righteousness of God is through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. So if I want to walk with God, if I want God's eyes to be on me, to guide me in this world, it doesn't matter what I do. It doesn't matter how much of it I can do because what Romans says is the righteousness of God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. If you want to be made right in this broken world, it comes in one way and one way only, and that is through the righteousness of God. That is through coming to the place where you realize I'm broken and this world's broken and the only way that I have hope to navigate this broken world in a way that somehow brings hope, joy, and satisfaction to my heart is to accept the righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. It's not a righteousness that you can earn. It's not a righteousness that you deserve. It's a righteousness that comes because God loves you. The a verse that we say here often at First Baptist Church is Romans 5, 8, says that, while, that God demonstrates his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So the righteousness that comes from God to restore that right relationship comes because he loves you in your brokenness. He comes to you in your brokenness and he says, do you want to do it your way or do you want to do it my way? And your way may last for a season and you may feel full for a moment, but eventually it's going to seep away and it's going to come to nothing. But my way is a source of living water that will constantly be replenished no matter what brokenness you face in this life, no matter how much you pour yourself out, no matter how much you take for yourself, and no matter how much somebody else takes from you, God will always replenish that if you're pursuing him and accepting his righteousness. What will I do with my brokenness? Do I try to fix it myself? Do I just need another accomplishment? Man, if I could just, if I could just make this happen, you know, or maybe it's just wealth. If I just had a little bit more money, you know, man, that, that, that'd be great. Maybe it's a relationship that you're looking at to try to, to fill that brokenness. If I could just fix this relationship or mend this relationship or have this relationship. I mean, come on, some people even look to substances and just get away from it all and make me feel a certain way for a certain time or some sort of possession or whatever. All of those things represent the broken cisterns that we run to. And though they may work for a moment, they ultimately end up empty. But God offers us the source of living water and put in a vessel that has no imperfection on it, that contains everything that he has. So what do you mean by this, Pastor? What, is that, what does that look like? Well, understand this. When you hear the words that Jesus will heal the brokenhearted, what he actually means is this, is that Jesus can make me new. Jesus can make me new. Not just actually use that phrase, man, I'm just trying to peace. Which is about the best that we can do with our brokenness. Have you ever heard somebody actually use that phrase, man, I'm just trying to piece all this together and figure out how to go. I mean, because that's basically what we try to do. Is we try to start picking up the pieces of things and try to stick them back together. But the truth is, every time we try to do that, whether it's with our life or whether it's some object you own, you understand. It gets sharp edges. It gets weak spots to it. It gets wounded. It gets more difficult to deal with. And it eventually comes to a place that you go, I don't know that I can put this together anymore. And that's why Jesus says, well, I'm not here to put the broken pieces together. I'm here to offer you new life. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 we have this promise from God's word that therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new 
creation. The old has passed away and see the new has come. Everything is from God who has reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. So before I read the rest of this, let me kind of set you up for where this is going. The first thing is that God says, if you will hand me your broken heart, I'll take that broken heart and I will just make you a new creation. And so we're not piecing anything back together. We're getting something that's brand new. And then he says that as you do that and you still are alive and well in the midst of this broken world surrounded by broken people, then now I give you something to do, and that is to pour yourself out in a ministry of reconciliation. What does that mean? Well, let's go on. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, not counting their sins against them, not holding their brokenness against them. And he has committed that message of reconciliation to us. What does that mean? Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. Since God is making his appeal through us, we plead on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. He made the one who did not know sin, that is Jesus, to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. What does all that mean? That means this, that God exchanges our broken heart and he gives us a new heart. And then he places that in us and he keeps us in this world so that we get to share the message of hope with others. That we can look at them and say, man, I'm broken too, but God has restored me and made me new. And you can have that as well in your life. Or, or run to these things, but I realized those were empty things that no matter how much I got of that, no matter how much I worked on that, no matter how much I did, it eventually all went away. But when I gave my life to Christ, the source of living water, he fixed all those things, and he himself is the source. And so now I keep giving away and keep pouring out and keep doing more, and it never runs out. And that's the ministry that he's given us. And that's the hope that we have. And you have a choice to continue to try to cram things into a broken container just to watch them run out or admit, I'm broken. And God, as I interact with the brokenness in this world, it's more difficult. You make things right between you and God, it doesn't, and I want things to be right. And you realize that when you make things right between you and God, it doesn't fix the rest of the world either, right? We still have to interact with that. And that's why we see this word in Psalm 34 verse 19, the one who is righteous has many adversities. It doesn't mean that when we give our life to Christ, he fixes everything, sets the world right, and you'll never have any difficulties anymore. It says that he gives you a new heart and a satisfaction that comes deep from within that only comes in knowing Christ, and he is the source of living water and provides for your every need, and you quit looking to all these things to fill up your life, and you look to him, and now instead of having to have these things, even though you still have them, it's from a different perspective, and God uses you to be a blessing to others to just share the story that they can know Christ too, and that's where true life comes from. You see, God doesn't just piece us back together with some spiritual glue. He makes us a new creation. He invites us to follow him and find a new way of living. And he gives us a new perspective on life. He invites us to trust him with our brokenness and give it to him. And he'll exchange our broken life for one that's new. I think it's a wonderful picture. 
doesn't make it easy. And so the reason I wanted to share that with you today is because I, I know we just need to be reminded that there's a God who, just from interacting with people this week, that we just need to be reminded that there's a God who loves us. He loves us in our brokenness. He sent Jesus Christ so that we can be made new and, and, and that things can be right. And even when things work out in this world in a way that's different from what we think they should, and even when things work out in this world in a way that's different than how God intends for it to, that he's still in control and he still offers peace and love and hope and joy to those who will pursue and follow him because the eyes of the Lord of Jesus Christ and they pursue. They've been made right with God through the blood of Jesus Christ, and they pursue the things of God because they want to be right with him, and God will guide them. So trusting Jesus today will begin to change my tomorrow. That's what you need to know. If I will trust Jesus today, he'll begin to change my tomorrow. When we trust him with our brokenness, yes, it changes us. But we still live in a broken world with all its wounds and sharp edges and sensitivities. But the more that we hold on to Jesus and the more that we follow him, we'll find hope and peace and joy even in the midst of it. Do you know him? And do you trust him? Have you followed him today?